0: What's going on, everybody? It's been a minute. Uh, to be honest with you, there's just a lot going on. So I got some things happening in my life, transitional things. Uh, I got some processing I've been doing. And then on top of that, uh, everything with Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, and all the race talk uh, from the left, from the right, from few evangelicals. Uh, it's been exhausting. It's been tiring. It's been a hard season. Um, but I'm back. We're here. And so we're going to join in on a broadcast, not a podcast, but a broadcast that I did online. I thought it was a good conversation and that you guys can kind of join in on it. So, let's start the conversation. Let's talk about race. It's the word of the it's the word of the it's the word of the word of the word of the day. It's the word of the day.
1: Mother here, Pastor Paul Fernandez. Uh, he At the time, he was our uh, youth pastor for our children in the woop church in Illinois. And now you're the small groups pastor, right? Yep,
0: pastor of a small yeah. groups, yep.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show today. We're real excited to, to hear your story and what's on your heart and what you want to share with us.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's been a lot of high tension uh, lately oh, yeah. in the mm-hmm. news and with everything. i say COVID kind of messed with all of us, right? When it yeah. was like when it happened and then hearing rumors and news of people dying like so in the church setting it's like we're hearing of people passing away or struggling and uh-huh. in the news you kind of get oh there's fake numbers and fake this and can we really believe it wear your mask and so you uh-huh. get all these mixed emotions and so being pulled back really set up our country for something serious i think and yeah. and you know unfortunately with mod. Aubrey and then going to George Floyd unfortunately all those things kind of popping up and so for me as a black man that wasn't a surprise it was a surprise to see so many people reacting the way they were reacting because you know people are like appalled and that's been the black story forever that I can remember like my parents telling me stories and just as we would walk through life like I would hear Mm -hmm. things and know things and and so now it's on camera. And so it hits a little different. And so yeah. I don't know. I just feel like we're in some weird times right now, and uh-huh. heightened emotion. And so yeah,
1: definitely. I, I definitely think the two things are are feeding off e- each other. You know, people being afraid and cooped up for so long, and then this happens. It's like you know a spark in a. But just like you're saying, this is not a new story to you. But I you think know. many people, it is. You know, it is a new story or something they hadn't really considered before. or and I think just having the whole thing on video, you can't make an excuse of, oh, well, he did something to provoke. Or you know, I mean, the guy's standing there with his hands in his pockets. He was clearly not threatened. So there's just no way around it to to call it anything other than what it is. Um, yeah. Does that encourage you that there's more of an outcry against it? it
0: um, I, just to be very frank, it I was. I was encouraged by seeing so many white people just say, I get it. Um, Our church is predominantly more of a mixed, uh, but more uh, Caucasian uh, demographic. Mm -hmm. And I've had messages like, I see it now or I'm awake Mm -hmm. now. And it was like, I'm mourning because it sucks and that this is still a reality and we're still battling this. But then it was like encouraging to see like, people see this and they understand that there's a you know there's an issue here there has always been a kind of an underlying issue and not to like I love the nation I'm in I'm Mm -hmm. thankful that my dad served in the military like I'm I'm patriotic when it comes to that point but it's always been with America it's kind of like let's just in the surface have this um everything's okay and we keep all those private things at home and we will keep them at home and right now it seems like america's business is like all in the open and it's no long behind closed doors it's like very open so it's discouraging yet encouraging uh to see um but even in the christian body like i have to defend myself as a black man when i say black lives matter they're like well do you know what they stand for and my argument is you shop at Target and you know what they stand for, you shop at Starbucks and, and like okay. there's all these little things that we compromise for. But if I say the statement Black Lives Matters, there's this whole list of expectations. Are you okay. sure you want to match up to those? And and yeah. that's, you know, that's never in my heart, like right. I, right. that's not it. Yeah. It's the statement Black yeah. Lives Matter and they've been yeah. marginalized. And, and it's so it's kind of discouraging that in this phase of it all i feel like i have to defend myself more than more than anything else and so
1: yeah i i mean personally i've struggled with that a little bit too because i you know i was saying black lives you know i i believe the concept of that um of you know really i kind of compare it to like a fire like this house is on fire so mm. you know this house That's matters you know if White person says, "Well, white lives matter too." It's like, okay, but your house is not on fire. That's, yes, that's, that's good. That's um, good. But you know, when I went and investigated it more, uh, I was kind of like, Ugh, I don't know that I'm on board with everything that they're saying, um, but I still, you know, it's it's the concepts that I really agree with and support more than you know anybody's particular things or political whatever's or just the statement to say, really, it's black lives matter too or also matter because. Nobody's questioning that White Lives Matter. Though. No no yeah. No one's
0: there, no one's questioning it. And it's interesting if we like cause what you said, like if we look especially political season coming up, right? We're gonna look right. at every yeah. candidate. That makes everything worse. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna look at every candidate we can and what do we do? We look at and we almost do this we compromise. We're like, well, I, I believe yeah. this, but I'm not sure about this, but I could do it because of this. And I yeah. think that is the same way with the organization. Uh, you, uh, that black lives matters, and like I know that the leader has spoken up about a lot of things that a lot of people are like, Whoa why can you how can you back this and And I will openly say, as a black man who is a christian uh, that dude just let 's focus on what really matters
1: yeah <laughs>
0: black right. lives matter let 's focus on that right now let 's focus on this in yeah. this season and let 's Let's love, let's educate ourselves, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's understand what's kind of happening right now in our culture and why is there this spike. And, and mm-hmm. I think what's happening is with the COVID thing and with Black Lives Matter there's this political push and there's always been a political push in the nation, right, with media and everything else. But let's focus on what really matters, which is the people. And let's focus okay. on the people right now instead of policies and procedures
1: right yeah i feel like this would be the perfect time for us to come together and unite against you know pandemic against racism that we don't want anymore we we want to say the things that have happened in the past are wrong and bad and we want them to do a new way um but unfortunately we're just really divided right now and it's yeah. really even even as you said you know among the church and among people who believe the same things on a lot of other things are just I think an election year makes it all worse too but um yeah, and I've been educating myself and you know kind of going back through history I've been surprised at how much all of this racism and its roots was you know initially economically based uh, but then also politically you know like I, I had read that the whole Ku Klux Klan was to prevent people from voting you know and um forget what the other one was, but there were several things where it was, it was really just a political game that people were playing at the expense of other people's lives. And um, I don't know, I just, I just, I hadn't realized the political nature of the whole racism thing that has gone on, you know, since the civil war.
0: And, and I think that's why it's so huge for the black community to speak up and to be involved in what's happening even in the political sphere like I'm not in the political sphere you know at all uh you know I think the Lord's called me to to the church uh but in that uh you know there's can be there can be tons of things said for that for voices to be elevated in those spaces because of our roots and we had really like when we talk about our founding fathers like they did a wonderful job like with these ideals and writing it out and and really I think for black people it's we're just wanting America to keep to keep to their promises and when we talk about all men to be created equal and and like we have these these statutes or these policies that we want to live and abide by and I think we're like that's what Martin Luther King did it was kind of pointing back to that sphere of like right. what about this and uh-huh. that's what I think that really matters in this in this moment even with all the political heightness and all that it's like man can we really fight for unity and community because that's really where it's going to change like us having these conversations live so everyone can hear them like let's stop talking over each other and start talking to each other right and that's what we do we tweet and we post and we'll talk at each other but we're not talking with each other and I think it's important for because everyone's like what's the answer Paul tell me the answer And it's very complex, like when it comes to the political view it's very complex and what it looks like, because let's just be really honest. uh, I'll put it out there. Uh, The Democrats have consistently marketed towards African Americans for years. Right. Mm -hmm. So they have that. Right. And then Mm -hmm they then with african americans with the republican side it's like wow there just seems like there's just not enough and so there's a there's that pool that you have there right so that's complexities in that and then when you talk about a society yes we don't have to drink out of different water fountains anymore we can somewhat live in the same community depending on your economical class um, but i think what it comes down to is that unity and community can we be together to have conversations to live with one another And that's why I think the church is so beautiful in the sense Mm -hmm. that we've been doing this for thousands of years. Like Jesus was like, boom, all nations. It's a Mm multi-ethnic church coming together. Poor people, rich people, people of economic, different classes coming together, Mm -hmm. different races coming together for one purpose only is to love God and to love people. And and so I think that's beautiful. And I think that's totally A road towards the answer of like what does it look like like where where is the end point in that and so
1: yeah that's that's what i've found myself saying a bunch is we just need to all do life together more you know our our kids need to play together and we need to go to the same schools and the same churches and interact i think you know when when people are separated they just there's misunderstandings often, I think, because you just, you don't, some people maybe don't know a person that's in a different camp than them. And so they can't appreciate and understand it. But when that person is your friend or your brother or your sister, you know, um, you can see their vantage point so much better. No,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I feel like I can relate more and, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it's comfortable to ask those certain questions that are taxing, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, for, (laughs) for people. And it's like, well, why do you do this? And why do you do that? And, uh, Mm -hmm. And you know, not to be really upfront, but like there is a way that, as black men, we're mm-hmm. supposed to act, and with the culture and the climate, whether it's media or whatever it was, there's this culture, there's this climate, and so mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, a minority who happens to be loud or vocal, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's it's just different. Like I grew up, like my mom what she wouldn't say this straight up but it was like we need to talk white we need to dress white we need to position ourselves so we can excel in a white culture so we can just enjoy ourselves she didn't say those words but like looking back and seeing how she was training to be, be a young man and how to watch out for myself and how i could do things i couldn't do certain things that my other friends could do because they were white and but i'm black and i can't do those things and so yeah. it was weird for me i didn't understand it until i got a little older and i thought oh okay yeah it's yeah it's so i
1: find you know say some things to my. i mean you know our family we're yep. a big family big. we're home family <laughs> and so sometimes i have that pressure of we have to work harder and be better than others otherwise i get the and I have. I've gotten the comments of "You have too many kids. You've got more than you can handle. You're, you know, you're failing as a mother." Total strangers will come up and say these things to me. But I, I what I was kind of chuckling about when you were talking about your mom is because I've literally, like, out loud said to my kids, "Like, can we please just pretend like we're normal?" We just,
0: like, <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs>
1: yeah. Just pretend like we're not a zoo. <laughs> so,
0: but
1: yeah. So was there anything like outright that your parents said to you of instructions
0: of, you know, what
1: you need to be careful about or what you can or can't do because
0: of? Yeah, that was that's really good. So my first racial interaction was um, on a military base, Skyder Force Base and a place I call home. That's I live right next to. And I was playing in the you know jungle gym with a whole bunch of kids and uh usually for those that are watching like base culture is like you just let your kids roam you don't really watch them old school you just you're gone all day and you come home at night and that -hmm. kind of deal and so I know it's a lot it's a lot different now but Uh I was out and uh some friends told me I couldn't hang out with them because of the color of my skin uh actually their words I'll I'll just be open and blunt here. They said, we can't hang out with you because you're a nigger. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be a nigger anymore. And Um, they're like, well, you're too dark to hang out with us. And I was like, really? And I was like, I don't want to do that. And then someone made a comment. Well, go wash yourself. So um, I immediately went back home. I started scrubbing my hand. And I was over and over and over again. And until there's like red blotches on my hand and my my, dad, my mom and dad looked at me like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm washing myself, I'm dirty. They're so like, okay. And then finally my mom's like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm trying to wipe the black off of me. And I was crying and she began to explain to me that we're different and people don't accept us for who we are uh, because of our history. And I didn't understand the full history, um, but then... It got to, oh, you can't be in certain neighborhoods at certain times because of people might feel threatened. If you get pulled over, be quiet, sit still. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. Stick to the protocol. Um, When I couldn't have like my hair is crazy now, you can tell I've been out of my mom's house. My my hair had to be a certain way. And this is why you got to be got to be professional. And I'm all about professionalism. But my mom would give me these tidbits of, like, this is how we ought to act. And majority of them were, this is just to be a good human being. But there are specifics and demographics where I'm naturally loud. I talk very loud. Like, everyone in this office could probably hear me right now uh, in my normal voice. And it would be kind of like, hey, like, we got to tone down a little bit because we don't want people to think that we're something that we're not. And... Yeah, so there'd be moments where... How old
1: where... were you when that happened on the playground?
0: Oh. I want to say seven or eight. Nah. That's
1: yeah. my, my little Ben's age. That's that's just so heartbreaking to hear as a mother, you know? And I that's what I keep coming back to on this. That's, you know, when, when George was calling for his mother, it's like that kind of awoke something in me of like, mothers need to, we need to stand up and do, you know, I have adult sons and I'm... I've I've just been in this place that could have been my son. I mean, I realized, you know, skin color and all, but, but just that mother's heart that doesn't see the skin color of just, uh, you know, just that heartbroken motherhood is really what's kind of awoken in me. Kind of that mama bear thing of, no, we can't, we can't do this to people. We can't be this way. This is wrong.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I was, yeah. Just even replaying that video. Just, yeah. Just, in my head i'm just thinking yeah it's just wow it just gets really it gets it gets really intense real quick when you think about like cuz for for me what begins to happen when i see it i'm thinking of all the little moments and i th- i think of a moment where um i was with my brother we were driving and we got pulled over So I'm in the backseat because I was little. I had to be in the backseat and my brother was driving, obviously. And um, yeah, he got pulled over. Cop told him to get out of the car immediately. Very aggressive. Again, this is a child's mind, like watching. But don't know what was really said. My brother's just getting beat to the ground. Hit, whipped, kicked. And then the cop comes. uh, Another cop comes and looks at me and covers over my mouth and just tells me not, you know, not to scream, not to say anything. And so, and then we get back in the car and my brother just cries and I'm crying and we just drive back home and it's don't tell mom. And it's like, okay. And that's it. I just got to keep that to myself. I got to, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he did something that was inappropriate or whatever, but like, all I know is my brother got pulled over. He got beat down. I got a hand over my mouth from some random cop that I don't know Mm signaling to me to just be quiet. And so then I get those triggers, you know what I mean? And and again, even when I say this, like I love my first responders, I love police officers. There's great police officers, even in our county that we work with and like, they're awesome, but again, there's those, there's a spike when you see a, a man in authority who, and right now in our society, who's on a consistent basis that happens to be police officers. And when you see them not operating the way they should, it becomes this huge offense. It's like all of a sudden it's like, it's like your parent isn't acting right or your sibling isn't acting right. And it's like, well, you should, you know, you should be protecting me. Why are you hurting me? And I know there's a lot of different things that were going on. So specifically with George Floyd, like there is a lot going on there that we don't know that we'll all find out very soon as things roll out. But yeah, those are the emotions that come up. It's like, man. And so every I would say majority of black people have a story and have something that pops up. So we have stories from the past and we have personal stories when we watch videos like that, and it just replays some stuff. That's why I get so emotional. And yeah. even having this conversation, I know I have to treat myself and relax because it's going to be because it yeah. just it takes from you, and you start to replay some things that were hard on the heart. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah, I can trauma.
1: I, you know, it's yeah. like generations of trauma, and that takes its toll and you know just like you were saying from an authority figure it's that sense that deep sense of betrayal like you're the one supposed to be protecting me and you're harming me uh yeah i i had a friend who told me a story about her young adult son who was driving through atlanta for some he was going to college or business or something i I don't remember why he was there You, you know he's out of town but um and his car broke down middle of atlanta late at night and and he was gonna you know call for help and she was just panicked. She's like, "Don't call the police! Don't call the police!" You know, she was panic-stricken that something would happen to. Her. And I, that just, you know, I don't have that mindset of, "Oh, if I'm in trouble, I call the police." I don't think, "Oh, if I call them, they'll they'll do something to my son." You know, mm-hmm. that just really kind of jarred me awake of, "Wow, that's a really different perspective yeah. than the world I live in," because I don't I don't have to worry about those things. Uh, but when she shared that story with me, that just really you know, packed a punch with me because it just made me realize the things that I don't deal with and not, I just don't. And I'm just, you know, I'm not aware until somebody tells me, but I really appreciate you, you know, being willing and having the courage to share your story with us because it does make a difference and it helps people understand. And I know it's hard and I've had probably for every three for every yes I've had to come on the show, I've had like three no's of people who just, I don't want to talk about it or I don't want to, you know, talk about it in front of people, which I totally, totally understand. But yes. I just want to say how much I appreciate you being willing to share this stuff with us. I know it's hard.
0: For sure. And yeah, it's just, yeah. And I think as people, as we come together and as we have these conversations and we keep them going, not just when they're popular, that I think we can mend in this healing. Um, I want to ask you, what are some educational things that you're doing? Cause I definitely think like for people, uh, that aren't minorities, like education is like one of the best things to try to like start mm-hmm. with. And so what are some areas that you're kind of reading in that you, uh-huh. that you've been suggesting?
1: Well, kind of, I guess two main things, maybe three. Um, I've kind of gone back through the history, you know, I kind of knew the gist of Uh, slavery and you know the evils of that and the Civil War but I kind of the period from the Civil War till now I hadn't really processed correctly I don't think I it and this I feel dumb saying this but I'm gonna just admit the truth I didn't really realize I think what the civil rights movement in the 60s was about but it was really about them pointing back going hey you remember those constitutional amendments we made 100 years ago how about we live up to those you know that was a hundred years between the time when the highest law in the land said this and and when it actually came into greater practice in our country um i didn't realize that after the civil war there was people were just re-enslaved in a different name you know mm-hmm. if it was a if you're a basically they made people be um not homeless but what's the word not in, unemployed. unemployed they were unemployed and then they would catch them and throw them in jail for being unemployed and kind of the only choice they had was to go back and work for the master they were just freed from which who was you know that's that's not freedom it's not. and that's that whole thing i didn't know about um so that's one is just is the past you know it yeah. just seemed like where this is coming from and then currently you know i've just i've tried to go into to listen to more black voices and stories i've watched videos i've read some blogs um, I've read some things of you know like black people talking to other black people and kind of you know here's how to tell your white friend no I don't want to talk to you about racism anymore yeah. and stuff like that and so you know I try to be sensitive but I do want to I feel like having conversations is helpful and is a good place to start but I understand that some people are like weary of it and it's like you haven't been listening this whole time why do, you know why are you talking to me now you figure it out yeah um so i i understand that but i i need someone who's willing to to talk to me yeah. um and then i'm also you know we homeschool so um i've also been reading to my kids we just started the book i shared with this earlier but roll of thunder hear my cry
0: yes um, a
1: black family in the 1930s and so this is the third time i read it i read it as a kid then i read it to my older kids and uh so now i'm starting it again with my younger half of the half of the bunch and um and I am deleting some things on the fly. I, it uses the N-word in there a lot. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It, I, my kids are still kind of young. And I, I don't really feel comfortable saying that word out loud anyway. But um, I, I just don't even want to put that word in their head. So, you know, I'm kind of skirting around some of that. But you, the whole story is told through Cassie's point of view. She's like an elementary age girl. And so you really feel mm-hmm. what she feels in it. Yeah. And you can see it from her point of view of like what what's wrong with me? Why are they why are the white people treating me like this? Yeah. You know, I was in line first. Why are you serving him? Yeah. And so you can really just feel that hurt and that indignation. Um and so, you know, I'm I'm hoping that my children will catch that perspective. Um, you know, at an early age and when we're talking about here's another thing. Sorry, I'm kind of rambling, but
0: <laughs> This is good. This is good. Um,
1: yeah. Another thing is I've had conversations with my kids, and this is kind of a new thought for me, I guess. And it's, you know, I mean you've heard it, but just, it's not enough to just not be racist towards people. Mm. Um, you know, we've talked about, you need to stand up against it. You know, if you see somebody being picked on or yeah. abused or mistreated for any reason, you need to stand up and say something, you know, if somebody's being excluded or, you know, being a military family, we move around a lot and, and we are homeschooling now, but we have, they have gone to public school in other places. And so they know what it's like to be the new kid. You know and I would encourage them when there's another new kid you know don't it's not enough to just not be rude go over and and meet that person and say hello or draw them in so we've talked about that in the context of race also Um, a lot of times seeing things through kids eyes and trying to explain them to them helps me just you know if you can communicate something to a child then you can understand it better yourself so being able to work through it and find those words um, to try to Talk with them about it, and to try to envision what do I want to instill in my children, and how do we want to be better moving forward with future generations. Um, that's been those things have been helpful to me. So
0: that's good. Uh, really, just
1: yep. history, current, and then talking with my kids and reading children's books.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. I mean that's the that's the best bet. In the midst of that, it's just like okay, educating yourself and just asking questions and and Uh processing with the vlogs. I mean, we have so much information online and and it really comes down to those conversations. It's like just having regular conversations and implementing this in our lives. And I think what happens in a a normal household, unfortunately, there's very little talk about what actually happens in life. It's more demonstrated by the way we act and Uh by the way we talk and interact with other people. And and I think parents could do a huge deal by educating their kids, by reading to their kids, and then also as they're interacting and having conversations, because your kids hear those conversations and they process life through how you communicate even to other people, right? right. A lot more is caught than taught, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're catching a lot by what you see someone else do. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty big in that. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I definitely I was... It
1: you know, culture being in the military, I we're just always mixed together with a whole bunch of people and we move around and people all the and time. And it's, I, I don't know that there's really as much emphasis put on things like skin color, you know, nobody really knows people's background or we all live in the same neighborhood on base. You know, there's just not those, those divisions are not as apparent.
0: They're, they're not because I think the mission is very strong. Like we're going to make sure whatever our task is, we're going to make it work. And I think there's a lot of protocols that are set in place to, mm-hmm. You know, they're, I think the military is always trying to be excellent and become better time after mm-hmm. time and time again. And so when you go over to society, it's a whole different world. It's like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Like, I remember yeah. I remember not living on base. And I'm like, this is scary. Like, I was like, this is intense. You know, yeah. like, I think my first interaction, this this deals with the race concept. But we were playing soccer and there was a KKK rally in what? the yes in the city of belleville like we're talking like 1990 shoot Ugh. 5 6 and we're playing soccer and it was like what and i remember thinking this is scary like
1: i would be scared too it scared. was like
0: what and so yeah just yeah a lot a lot is caught through just educational pieces and so for those that are just watching, a few to name off, um, I'm Still Here, uh, Be The Bridge, uh, White Fragility, Vigility, uh, or White Rage, um, The Color of Law, those are some ones that kind of start with. Um, documentary-wise, since we live in a culture of movies and all that, I'm all about documentaries, I love them, but yeah. The 13th was really, mm-hmm. Really good, and it's strong, so those parents i wouldn't suggest watching it with your kids, but from slaves to criminals with one amendment so that's uh that 's a really good one uh just mercy it was really popular came out, and then when they see us, so I would definitely yeah. suggest some of those,
1: those. I've heard of. i haven't got around to watching any of those I'm more of a reader but
0: <laughs> no i I hear you i hear you there's there's a duel there's a duel with yeah. our culture, some people when I love to, to, to watch read a movie,
1: I kind of just want to I'm wanting to watch it because I'm tired of thinking about all the issues and I kind of just want to chill. But when I'm reading, that's more when I'm actively like processing information and working hard on things mentally and, and stuff like that.
0: And that's the thing about writers. This is why I appreciate that about you because I'm not much of a writer, but in Jesus name, I'll hopefully become yeah. one. But you, you guys bring this depth and understanding that almost causes with looking at words and processing a little different. Cause with movies, it's like, it's a beautiful art, but then it's mm-hmm. to the next scene. You don't have that much time to process. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so there's uh-huh. a time to process when you're actually reading something. Uh-huh. And I mean, you can zone out when you're reading too. You can kind of just kind of go with the yeah. flow, but it's a it's a it's a different well, exactly. it's a different pace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you can go well, I back.
1: I don't know about your writing, but you are an awesome, dynamic, powerful speaker, man. You just, we really enjoy. Ooh, thank you. you can sit there and share your heart for Jesus and. um I don't just every sermon I've heard you preach just really connected. So
0: I really appreciate I it. Appreciate Thank it. you. Yeah.
1: Wow. And I know my kids really enjoyed having you because you've got this awesome combination of like spiritual depth and godliness and biblical instruction, but you're like really cool and fun. <laughs> I'm not
0: a fun person. Oh, you know? I'm cool <laughs> for now. We'll see if it rubs off. I don't know. <laughs> I told my wife it was because I was in the, I was in the streets for so long. I was in the world for so long, you know, I, know. I didn't get saved until I was 17 years old. So I had 17 years of just
1: yeah. me
0: and my own sinful self. I, I don't know. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, we really enjoyed being part of that church.
0: Unfortunately, awesome.
1: the, the Air Force moves us around. We got to move on. I mean, we're part of the great church now too, but um I just figure when I get to heaven, I'll know more people because we've been part of so many
0: churches. Amen. And I look at the military life as uh, paid missionaries. You just get to go all over the world to do the mission you're called to do. So you guys get to do it. So
1: we're kind of undercover, though. I mean, we can't be open about.
0: Can't be. Yeah, you're right.
1: But we can love on people. You know, sure can. I'm loving on them in Jesus' name in my heart. I believe there's power in that, even if I can't say it out loud.
0: Come on, that's so, so true. That is yeah. so true.
1: yeah
0: well, cool. well, awesome. uh, I appreciate you. thank you,
1: yeah, yeah, well, thank you for coming. Is there any things
0: that you wanna share with us or
1: is oh you, yeah on or anything
0: that let me just uh tell everyone else like i I kind of mm-hmm. recap this conversation a little bit is I think that unity and community is the mm-hmm. best way for reconciliation uh with mm-hmm. our nation and our neighborhoods. And, um, so I think that's good. And then, yeah, if you want to learn more about me, uh, you can go word of the day pod on any platform like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. or podcast Spotify, and uh-huh. you can find me on there and I do videos. I do podcasts. Oh,
1: awesome.
0: uh, so yeah, you can check me out there.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. We can put the link down in the comments so that people can find you and, and hear more about you. That- Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking out your time and, and chatting with us. And we had a lot of requests to hear from a black man. Is hey! You, the only one that said yes. Glad
0: I could hear <laughs> <be> that guy.
1: <laughs> you, are, you are, by popular demand, our guest on this show. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks for meeting with us today. We appreciate it. Awesome. All right. God bless you. Take See care.
0: Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Hey, thank you for listening to the Word of the Day podcast. We truly appreciate you. Like and share. Let us know you're there. Um, Yeah.